Christian Life Group leaders and hosts, we are in week 10, and we're going to jump into our study of Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 through through 26. With your icebreaker question this week, it's, which edible fruit best describes your personality? The hope with this icebreaker is that you will learn something new about your group members in a creative way. Some might say they're like a coconut because they might appear rough on the outside but are sweet on the inside. Or someone else might say that they wear their heart on their sleeve so they're like a strawberry that has seeds on its exterior. This discussion can just hopefully also help you transition into talking about the fruit of the spirit as described in our passage this week. All right, so after your icebreaker, take some time to pray and then read the passage in Galatians 5, 22 through 26. The first question you've always got in your back pocket, what stood out to you in this section of scripture or from Sunday's sermon? could very easily lead you to discussing all of the points in the questions below um, or just lead you to what it is the Spirit has for you to discuss that week. Next is question two. What is important to recognize about the way in which Christians grow through the power of the Holy Spirit? So this question is meant to set the stage for your group to consider the principles of spiritual growth that are presented in this passage. This question leaves you wide open to identify a variety of truths that Paul attempts to describe for us in the debate between the flesh and the spirit. Whether from the sermon or the text, there are concepts that give us guidance on how to identify the fruit of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. Here are a few examples. Consider your old nature versus your new nature. We cannot grow in our own effort through works, which are our old nature, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is our new nature. Consider the time and predictability of our growth. It takes time to grow in the spirit and we can expect to see progress in our relationship with Christ because it's what he promised us. We've also got the fruit of the spirit versus our natural temperaments. Pastor Nate talked about how someone's natural disposition is not the same as the evidence of the Holy Spirit in their life. You could also talk about the foundation of our growth. You see, we must understand that our identity as a Christ follower grounds us in the Spirit, who then causes growth. Our commitment to and pursuit of Christ and to the growth that he has for us allows the process to continue. So question number two could lead you to talk about any number of points from the sermon or insight from the text. The important part is to encourage your group members to recognize the methods through which they can and cannot grow in the spirit. Question three, how are the elements of the fruit of the spirit connected to one another? So the purpose of this question is to establish our understanding of the fruit of the spirit as a collective evidence of God's work in us. You know, it's really easy to read this passage and to immediately consider the individual elements of love, joy, peace, etc. Paul and Pastor Nate explain that we cannot simply strive to love more, be more joyful, and have more peace. The fruit of the Spirit are evidence of the work of God in our lives, in our hearts, and our minds as his children. We cannot manufacture these things in our lives. And in recognizing that we cannot produce the fruit in ourselves, we must also recognize the dynamic relationship between all of them as a whole. The Spirit wants to produce all these things in us, and we should be open to growing in all these areas in a balanced way. This balance indicates an immediate interconnectedness, which we encourage your group to explore further in your discussion. If your group needs a place to start, consider some of these ideas. Think about how when you see a super patient Christian that has absolutely 
no self-control. That's evidence that something's going on with that person. Or think about how if the Spirit has given us the ability to be faithful despite our circumstances, He will also give us the peace to walk through anything that comes our way. Or maybe think about it this way. It's hard to be kind toward our family members if they're not a source of joy. Or it can be difficult to show self-control if we don't comprehend how to be good and gentle. The good news is that we can overcome these challenges through the power of the Holy Spirit. As you discuss these relationships, the hope is that your understanding of God's work in our lives will expand and that you'll be encouraged to follow him all the more. Question four, when have you experienced the Holy Spirit producing fruit in your life? When have you seen the Holy Spirit produce fruit in someone else's life? Maybe even in your life group. The goal of these questions is to help your group members consider the ways in which the Holy Spirit has transformed them as believers. It's important for us to take time and reflect on how God has changed us over time. Let us celebrate the victories we've had in Christ together. Encourage your group members to think of specific seasons in which they could see God's Spirit flowing through them. For example, some may be able to point to how God used a specific relationship to allow them to work through the temptation to operate in the flesh versus the Spirit. Another person may describe how they've seen God work in a friend over time to have a change of heart and develop new behaviors. Whatever the case is, encourage your group to share their stories and testify to God's grace in their lives. So leaders, I want you to think about this. If you've spent enough time together, your group may naturally be able to identify the ways in which God has worked in fellow group members to produce the fruit of the Spirit. If so, leaders can help group members encourage each other by sharing what they've seen God do in one another. Leaders, if possible, spend some time preparing a few examples to get your group started. Alternatively, if your group hasn't been meeting for all that long or hasn't been able to learn about each other in these ways just yet, that's okay. You'll still be able to encourage your group to talk about other Christians that they've seen in their lives. We practice discernment as we learn to identify these traits in others, which is a valuable tool for Christian living. All right, question five. In what ways do you want to pursue God this week so that you can see him produce the fruit of his Holy Spirit in your life? The goal is, with this question, for your group to commit to specific behaviors or activities that open them up to what God wants to do in them or through them this week. So we've established that it is God who causes spiritual growth in us through his Holy Spirit. And at the same time, we have our human responsibility to pursue him and obey his commands. As we follow him, God promises to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So, encourage your group to identify ways they can pursue God with the expectation that he will do good work in and through them. Remind your group that it's the Holy Spirit that empowers and equips us to follow his word. Be prepared with your own answer you can share to get things started. And be sure to pray for these things in your prayer time. Our prayer application for this week is that we want to pray for our church to see greater transformation through the Holy Spirit in our lives. In some ways, it's like continuing to pray for revival, like we started to do in Easter. Well, and we've, that has been mentioned throughout in other events and activities this spring. Our leadership notes this week are about discipleship. Our leadership tool as discipleship is really important. Leadership in the church is all about making disciples. This was Christ's mission and also that which he gave to his followers in the Great Commission. In this way, we should strive to follow his example in leadership. 
We can glean from his method, seeing how he chose a small group of men to invest the majority of his time into. Out of that group, he invited an even smaller number to more intimate relationships. Paul summarizes Jesus' approach well in 2 Timothy 2.2, which says, And the things which you have heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is what Christ did and what we have the opportunity to do in life groups, to genuinely connect with one another about our lives so that we can support each other with biblical encouragement and grow together in our faith. My prayer for us as leaders and hosts is that we should model the discipleship style of leadership for our group members in such a way as for them to see how they can engage in discipleship as well. God calls us all to this mission, and I pray that he would specifically reveal to you those that he wants you to give a little extra time and attention to in the next several weeks. Let us set our hearts and minds in the ways of Christ so that we may shepherd and disciple those he has entrusted to our care. All right, leaders and hosts, well, thank you so much for all that you do. We're so grateful for you and can't wait to see what God does in and through your groups this week.